Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Hi, welcome to Sci-Fi Talk, and today I have Brennan Lee Mulligan, really one of the driving forces and the game master for Dimension 20. Brennan, welcome. It's great to talk to you. Tony, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure. Oh, well, thank you. But, you know, I got to tell you... um, (laughs) The, the, the thing that your that Dimension 20 brings to the forefront in this video game, spell it all out for you kind of entertainment world we live in, is something good old-fashioned imagination. Remember imagination, what that was like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the scholars believed that the fabled imagination had been lost for eons, and it's very exciting to be part of a wave of people uh, playing this game that have, like Atlantis from beneath the sea, risen back above the waves. So, uh, yes. Nice analogy. Oh, thank you very much, you know. It's been truly delightful. You know, I've been playing D&D since I was 10 years old. And, you know, any any facility I have with – you know, in improv, which I've done sort of, you know, professionally as a teacher at UCB, uh, or, or creative writing, like the kind of did with uh, a strong female protagonist, like anything that I've been able to do owes sort of everything at its, at its base kind of, you know, genetic level. It's, it's, it's first evolutionary step. It was like discovering this incredible creative game where you just mm-hmm. collaboratively tell a story with your friends, make each other laugh make exciting adventures and surprise your friends with cool twists. And I don't know, it, it, it is such a root and basis for all the stuff that I've done in my career. Uh, and yet you're exactly right. I mean, the, the heart and soul of the game is imagination. Yeah. Sci-fi talk continues. So stay tuned. Like for example, you had one where the, the spider creature comes out and shoots webs all over the place. Even though there's a little figurine, your mind can also kind of dream up their own version of the spider creature and make it even more terrifying because it's in your mind. And that's one of the appeals to the game for me. It's that that ability for the audience to kind of go along with you. And you can even you can even listen to it without looking. And you and then you can really get your imagination going. Well, I think there's a great expression for, for certain um, actual play podcasts and certain types of, uh, uh, or even just certain games, which is theater of the mind, right? Which is where you, yes. you, you know, everything's fully narrated. But I think that's always present to some degree or another, regardless of what type of game you're playing. Ultimately, like, the audience is providing the special effects for the game right like it's happening as much in their head as anywhere else and i think that's why yeah. you see like the, the, uh, for the audience that actual play D shows have the fan base is so dedicated and i think part of that is they are deputized as storytellers like they're watching a game played at a table and the same thing that the player characters are doing which is like enriching the narrative that is spoken verbally with this like incredible visual world in their head, the audience is doing the same thing. So no one's seeing this world the same way. We're all kind of filling in the blanks and uh, creating, you know, in between the lines and around the margins of what is described 
filling that in with our own sense of imagination, which is like intoxicating. It's very, very fun. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, so as far as the shows, are they scripted to a point and then the players kind of fill in the blanks or how does it all work? They are not scripted at all. Uh, basically, wow. what happens is, uh, no, they're fully, fully improvised. So I, I will say this. On the on the half of the players, so six out of seven people truly have no idea what's going to happen. The, the player characters, they sit down and they take the actions that their characters would take and behave uh, rationally. Uh, and when I say rationally, I don't mean that they behave uh, necessarily logically, but I believe, you know, they they are behaving as their characters would behave. They're making the decisions, uh, sometimes rational, sometimes irrational, I guess, uh, but they're taking the truthful <laughs> actions their character would take. So I have a sort of a flow sheet or, a, or through lines of story. I have certain points that I am trying, capital T, trying to hit, but... yeah. But but that is that's only a plan, and that goes out the window all the time. So whether I am truly improvising, I guess, is debatable. But I'll tell you, as a guy who's thrown out a lot of storylines that he put a lot of work into, it sure feels like I'm improvising. Um, so uh, <laughs> that you know that I, so I would say, yeah, it's, it's a it is a fully improvised story. Well, I got to credit you, The Unsleeping City. I mean, I live in New York City, so anytime anybody does something about New York uh, and emphasizes the wonderful things about this amazing city, uh, it gets my attention, and, and kudos for that. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that aspect of it. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, congratulations to you on living in the greatest and best city in the history of the world. Uh, and I, <laughs> and uh, I miss it every day. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, The Unsleeping City is just, you know, I, I grew up uh, walking around the streets with my dad, who's like, uh, my dad's actually a comedian, Joe Mulligan, and he, he not oh, only okay. did I get all my, not only did I get all my comedy chops from him, but also he would take me around the city. You know, he was the first person to show me Bethesda Fountain in Central Park, and and he's a huge history buff on the history and lore of the city. So, so not mm. only like the cool, the cool little hideaways and places, but also the things that used to be there, he's always given me like a deep appreciation for. Remember one time when I was a punk little kid, he took me down to five points where, you know, the gangs of New York style are the dead rabbits, old Irish gang. That's right. And he took me down to five points and he was telling me all about it. And he pointed at this building and was like, now this is where, uh, you know, William the Butcher pool did. And I was looking at it and he was pointing at a Dunkin' Donuts, right? <laughs> and, I, and I, I looked at him and said, oh, boy, Dad, you sure showed me where a lot of places used to be. And he burst out laughing because I was like six years old. And he was like, that's, you know, it's like a legendary burn from a six-year-old. You sure show me where a lot of places used to be. But now that I'm uh, older, I have a profound appreciation for seeing where places used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I have to credit you on one thing, too, is – your descriptions to set the story up uh, in the episodes I've seen are first rate. It really, as a viewer it, and listener, it sucks you in. Really good stuff. And this is just from your training. Is is that where you get that from? And probably maybe a little bit from your, your dad's genes, too? 
Well, actually, I should also say my mom, Elaine Lee, is a, uh, a comic book writer. So she's got an incredible oh, gift for narrative. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm the, the um, I have like opened up the family store. I'm very much in keeping with the family tradition. But she's an incredible uh, uh, comic book writer, master of like, genre fiction, sci-fi and fantasy. So, so send us descriptions. You know, I, I've been telling stories like this since I was little. I mean, my parents would read you know, like Celtic pagan legends to me when I was a kid and that like awesome storyteller cadence, rule of threes. And, and then also just myself, I mean, like there is nothing in this world that I have more, um, like more hours logged than uh, running games of D and D truly. And, and, but, and the most important skill in the world is you know not to not to be too uh, twee or or like cutesy about it, but like the the number one job you have when you sit down at the head of the table to run a game of D and D is to make your players feel like the mundane world around them melts away and they're living mm-hmm. in a story. You know, you've got to be able yeah. to, on a performance level, on an emotional tonal level, you you have to be able to change the vibe in the room. And I think that I think that is a really important skill, maybe more important than all the rules lawyer stuff is that performance ability to, to make a story come to life. So talk about the, the your players, man. They're, they're, so, they're terrific. I mean, they just really, it's fun to watch because they're all different and, and you definitely get an A plus for diversifying uh, the group as well. I will, I'll, I'll shoot you straight. I mean, this is the best cast in the world. College humor, dropout, put together this amazing roster of talent over the years. And when we're sitting down to do the game, we were basically like, okay, like, let's look at, at some great college member people. Uh, five of the six cast members I had already been playing D&D with privately. So that's oh, Lou Wilson, wow. Javon Thompson, Zach Oyama, Brian Murphy, Emily Axford. Uh, I've been playing home games with them for years. Um, and then Allie Beardsley jumped in uh, uh, because they were one of our cast members. Uh, they and me were two of the only people that were still like active cast members when this was, you know, uh, being cast, uh, which is incredible. I mean, our cast is unbeatable. You know, like we like all six of them are so good at playing game. You know, like like playing the truth of a character and making that what's funny. Um, and yeah. they're also so good at having those tender, heartfelt, heartbreaking moments because you can't do, you know, 30 hours of comedy, which is what an, a season ends up being. You can't do 30 hours yeah. of comedy without having it grounded in some real emotional stakes. And I feel like we do that with these characters. All six of them are just master storytellers, master improvisers, and I cannot believe my good fortune in getting to work with them. It's, it's a, it is a true honor. <laughs> That's great. We will take a short break. I'm talking to Brennan Lee Mulligan of Dimension 20. Back on Sci-Fi Talk with uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan of Dimension 20. I have to I have to bring this up because it's a totally different vibe and the energy that I see when you guys do this live. It's a whole nother vibe compared to the studio uh, setup and uh it seems like you guys feed off the energy of the people in the audience. I mean, you're looking at a group of people who are, who all of them have performance experience. 
half of our cast is on Herald Night at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles right now. So Lou Wilson, Allie Beardsley, and Zach Oyama are on a Herald team at UCB, a flagship improv team, uh, and perform once a week to live audience. And uh, if you're in LA and get a chance to see the Herald team Yeti, go see them. They're incredible. But then cool. everyone else has comedy and performance experience as well. You know, all of us have gotten up on stages. And, you know, uh, Siobhan Thompson joked to me because we went and did this live show at the Bell House. It was truly a dream come true. I mean, the coolest fans in the world, just the nicest, most supportive fans. And she joked to me, basically being like, hey, this is a long way from the last shows we were doing in Brooklyn, which because we came up in New York doing comedy where, you know, you go do like a, a, a little improv show with, you know, like 10 people in the audience or you do a, you know, a character showcase and the other people that were watching were the people that were going to go on and perform after you, which is like every comedian, you know, knows that coming up through, through the ranks. But it was still, you know, we all have live performance experience and you, I love the way you put it. You're feeding on the energy of the audience and hopefully they're feeding oh, yeah. on you. It creates like a feedback loop. You guys psyching each other up. It's like live theater where, you know, the cast kind of and the the cast and the audience kind of form this amazing bond. I mean, if people could bottle it, they could be millionaires and billionaires. But it's just it's hard to describe it. But you just know when something is working and there's a synergy going on that that rarely happens, uh, especially when you're watching television. You don't get that at all. But it's just Something about live, it's just amazing when that happens. I couldn't agree more. I mean, <laughs> it's a, yeah, without, without getting too maudlin about it it's, it, it's an incredible privilege, you know, to take this game that I've been playing, you know, as, maybe it's more significant on an emotional level than a hobby, but certainly something I was doing in my free time with my friends and loved ones, but some, something that I never expected to ever be able yeah. to do in a professional capacity and then to, to show mm -hmm. up and have people dressed as the characters you've made and have them like screaming out like don't forget your dexterity saving throw you know like just so deeply mm -hmm. gross i mean these are like every one of these people in the audience is like uh, has like taken time they got a babysitter they spent money on a bus some people flew on planes and I mean, like, if, wow. if that doesn't nice. if that doesn't impress upon you as like an incredible a stroke of incredible good luck to have the opportunities that you had, and then just like deep gratitude for all those people of all the things they could watch or listen to, the fact that they have found value in what we do is uh, it floors you, man. I mean, to everyone that watches the show, I you'll you'll never be able to know the depth of my gratitude. Um, it's crazy. Uh, that's great. It's real crazy. You're actually going to be uh, appearing and doing it live in Austin, Texas. That's pretty cool. So you're you're planning on doing several cities, or is just Austin uh, another one in your you know in your calendar? You might say. Oh, we have a bunch of shows on the horizon. Cool. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm allowed to announce or not yet. So I but <laughs> we got we got plenty of live shows. Can't say anything for sure, but uh, but you know the the city that never sleeps, the unsleeping city, is always a preferred yes. destination. And we actually have already done a live show in Austin too. We did. Uh, uh, it was not like the oh, Bellhouse oh. one we did. Uh, we did. Uh, we did uh, Rooster Teeth convention. So we did RTX. Uh, oh, there you go. Earlier, yeah. uh, earlier in the summer, and it was incredible. It was a, a, a <laughs> awesome, huge convention space. 
uh, again, amazing fans. Uh, and we were able to, you know, we've had incredible guests on our live shows too. They've been fun. We had Brian David Gilbert from Polygon as our guest for the Brooklyn show. And we got to play with yeah, Griffin McElroy. Uh, Griffin McElroy of the Adventure Zone played in our game in Austin. And, uh, you know, I like, here's the thing. I'm like a fanboy. I've been like listening to the Adventure <laughs> Zone forever. And he came and played in a game of mine. It's, I mean, what the hell? It's crazy. It is. It it's a, great. Uh, it was a, a total joy. Uh, uh, he was wild in our, I won't spoil it for anyone, but if you get a chance to, I mean, sign up for Dropout and go watch his live episode of Fantasy High, you will see one of the most wild in-game uses of a spell I've ever seen. It was crazy. But yeah, uh, uh, the live shows have been such a joy, and there's plenty more to come. Hey, I got to credit you on the Unsleeping City, all the little props and stuff. Uh, the, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge was nice and all of that. That's nice. I mean, it also looks like the series, uh, you know, has some post-production, you know, especially not the live ones, but the, certainly the, the studio ones. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's some there's some work that goes into every episode. I mean, well, here's the thing. I believe firmly in myself and our cast as as storytellers. But I, Dimension Twenty, I think what sets Dimension Twenty apart from a lot of other shows uh, is the team we have behind the camera that you guys don't see. You know, sure. Rick Perry and his team, uh, Maxie, Sabrina, Shane, uh, uh, Nate. We, I mean, these are people who. The minis they create, the pieces they create, I mean, nobody gets to play with this level of exquisite detail and incredible craftsmanship and, and honestly, like some, some, you know, like production miracles in terms of the sets they're able to put together. I mean, Rick, season after season, has led this team into creating, I mean, if there, if there are better uh, uh, play grids for, for D&D actual play in the world, I haven't seen it. I think Rick makes... Uh, you know, I'll say it unequivocally. Rick Perry and his team make the best D&D sets to play on that there have ever been. And, uh, you know, it goes beyond that. Our, like, Sh- uh, Michael Schaubach, our director, Ebony Harden, our producer, uh, season after season put this show together. And our uh, uh, our, our camera and lighting is Santiago Bati, who's our, our DP. And then you're, the, the post you're talking about are two editors that have worked with us on every uh, of the main seasons we've done and wrote our, yeah. you know, style book for how how we do the show, Noah Diamond and Aaron Hasidim are, I mean, they're geniuses. They're, they're so brilliant at what they do. It's, it's the subtle stuff. It's the sound design. It's the, the visual language for how the health meters come up. It's this, their understanding of mood and where they put the inserts of the mini shots. But also, it's a very interesting thing because we cut out barely any material at all right and i say that so that fans of the show know (laughs) we're not like taking breaks every 10 minutes to go get food we're not like pausing the camera to be like okay what's the next stuff that should happen out of a two-hour segment you're probably seeing cut out like five-ish to ten-ish minutes mostly of like a bathroom break or us pausing for like a sound issue, like a mic to get checked or like math happening of like someone figuring out what their role actually was. So in two some hours, you're seeing a fragment cut out. But the important thing about that is where those get cut out, you know, like the difference between the, the raw episodes and the finished episodes where Aaron and Noah take those five minutes out, the, 
incredible quality that is brought to the episode by their steady hand and, and where they choose to do. And again, their line cut of like, you know, there's so many moments at a table to get lost, of like little PCs turning and looking and winking. I remember watching the edits of the show after I'd run it thinking like, oh, well, I, you know, saw the show, so I'm not going to see anything new. I saw so much new because they caught all the stuff at the table. <laughs> the little PCs whispering to each other, winking, little heartfelt moments. They are like eagles watching this stuff, and they leave nothing on the cutting room floor. Like, they catch it all. It's so, it, The team we have is, is like, so first rate, and, and the team, and that is as much about the team behind the camera as it is about the one in front of the camera. We are really blessed. That's great. Well, I know that season three is running right now, and I just got an email today that there's more coming from you guys. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be specific. So, and I know you were last night shooting. So, how many more seasons do you think is uh, is still out there for the show? I mean, there, you know, there are infinite worlds out there to explore. Uh, <laughs> um, at the, uh, I would say, um, uh, well, for sure, we have another really exciting side quest coming up. I uh, can't wait to announce who our cast is going to be for that side quest. We have another sort of mini season coming. And then we're in the middle of shooting full cast season five right now. But at the very wow. least, you, you're, you know, we, we have two, we, you know, we're not even halfway through um, season three. We're not even halfway through Unsleeping City. And we're going to have a mini season and another full season on deck uh, by the time uh, season three has concluded. So, you know, yeah. there, I think that there's plenty more to come. Everyone stay tuned in. Hang tight. There's plenty more story on the way. You're you're also on social media, and there's also a Facebook page where people can uh, can kind of follow what you guys are doing as well. A hundred percent. You can follow Dropout and College Humor on social media. You can follow Dimension Twenty Show on social media. Uh, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter at Brennan LM. I'm on Instagram at Brennan Lee Mulligan. Uh, and you can also find I have a little Facebook uh, fan page for myself too, which is a ton of Dimension Twenty stuff and goodies there. Uh, so yes, I am easy to find on the World Wide Web. The, the success of the show. I mean, you're you're now kind of known. So what's that been like for you and the other uh, and the players of the game, too, can literally change your life a little bit? Uh, for sure. It's all been uh, <laughs> it's all been very, very uh, positive. And, and, you know, the, the term I like to, to go by is I am an Internet person. So so, you know, sometimes people will recognize you and they recognize you as like, hey, it's that person from the Internet. And that's a, a delightful feeling. My favorite diner back back home, uh, I was, we were out uh, for a birthday. It was grandma's birthday. Uh, and two very sweet young kids came up and were like, you're Brennan from Dimension 20. And they shook my hand in, in front of my grandma on her birthday, which if you don't think she was the most psyched she's ever been, I mean, that was huge for me. So to, to the two uh, uh, fun young teens who came over, and uh, uh, blew up my spot in front of grandma. You made her her birthday. Uh, so can, thank you for doing that. 
That's phenomenal. Yeah, but it's great. And, and, you know, the nice thing about doing something like Dimension 20 is we're doing something that we love and we're doing a hobby we're passionate about. So the people that do recognize you are people that usually, for the most part, share that hobby with you. So it's always awesome yeah. to find out that someone's a fan of the show. I, I, I always get psyched when someone is a fan of the show and, and comes up and says hi, because I immediately know I have someone to talk about D&D with. They probably play. So that's a, a very fun thing as well. We have a great, it's a great Venn diagram of people who watch the show uh, and people who know D&D and are, are fun, gregarious people that are into this stuff. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Well, I tell you, I mean, you know, this is really just in closing. Uh, it's so hard to get something that really connects. Uh, you know, you, you I, I spend it just seems like my whole career doing this, trying to to break apart what makes something successful and what makes something flop. But um, especially in, you know, in genre entertainment, uh, and a lot of it is uh, the writing uh, or in your case, it's the uh, it's the people that are working behind the scenes to really make give it that polish that it needs. And then. Really, what it comes down to is the chemistry that you all have and the passion that you have. It comes through. And if you think it's easy to get all that together, it's not. <laughs> it really is not. So, it, yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I wish I could bottle it, but you can't. Whatever strange alchemy is at work here is, as you have said, the work of spirits beyond the mortal ken. Uh, yes. know, we're, we're, we're just very, very fortunate and um, are excited to take the, the people um, embracing the show and try to honor that as much as possible and, and uh, you know, run with it because you are absolutely correct. You can't bottle it. And, you know, the reception the show has gotten has been so overwhelming and um, we are just so fortunate. And it's about taking that and making sure that we continue to uh, uh, honor that excitement that has generated around the show. And I hope we do. Yeah. Just you're on board the train, just ride it to its final destination. That's the only way to look at it. Really? <laughs> I hear you, man. No, a hundred percent. I agree. Uh, choo choo yeah. baby. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, Dimension 20, and we had a pleasure speaking to Brennan Lee Mulligan. Thank you again, Brennan, for your time, and especially after working very late last night. Oh, Tony, my absolute pleasure, my man. Thank you so much for talking, and uh, I'll hope to talk to you again soon. That sounds great, Brennan. And thank you all for listening to Sci-Fi Talk, Dimension 20. A lot more seasons to go, and the best thing is you can go back and watch the other seasons as well. Till next time, this is Tony Tolado. Thank you. Bye-bye.